Hello, everybody. Welcome to Outcomes the Sun radio podcast. We are on Lit Live, which is the new Dash. Dash is gone. Lit Life is here. Uh, we are on Spotify and YouTube and Apple and, you know, all the places you can get your podcasts, which is really cool. And uh, today we have a really interesting guest. But before that, you know, Melissa and I always have something to talk about because we talking all the time so because this is how we do it so mm -hmm. Mario, mm -hmm. there's an article in the la times talking about that pain in your back it's yeah. really a pain in your brain Ooh. and what they what the article hails here is that scientists now believe that all pain is essentially brain pain the idea is that just as the brain gener generates sensory experiences such as vision and hearing, it also generates pain by consulting our memories, ex expectations, and emotions, as well as whatever physical inputs, inputs that our nerves may sense, and creating pain where it determines we are under threat. I, You know what? This doesn't surprise me at all because I'm a big believer that when pain occurs, it is a manifestation of things that you haven't dealt with or things that have that have been just put aside because of time you know whatever in your life because i know that back pain is very much associated with emotional issues you know family stuff stories whatever it is but at the end of the day that really is lodged in your brain and your memories and you know i think of my mother who had uh cancer when i was a child and her stuffed memories and feelings of loss i know that you know where do you store those i guess they're in the brain but then they get stored in the body like they they manifest in the body through disease and probably pain is very similar is that what they're saying or am i well, yeah there's what they're saying what the the article is referring to is that every single experience we have creates a sensory reception right in our brain so right if you and it, and it gave the um, it gave um the examples of hearing and seeing so right. you know i see something i learn it's a tree from now mm -hmm. on every time i see that i that's my there's my sensory reception yeah. right receptors so this is saying that when you're when you feel pain the body shoots it into an area it this i think this is more unexplained pain like why is my back hurting i haven't done anything why is my left right. foot hurting i haven't done anything the body is shooting it to an area where it's vulnerable. And so if that's true, then to me that says it's an it's the body's it's the body's cry for you to pay attention to that area to strengthen it. And I know that sounds like that's such simple logic, but just think about it. If that's no. true. Yeah, the... I, I I I agree that it it would be addressing the issue at hand, the issue in pain, right? But also there's always like in Chinese acupuncture and all those meridians, they're always connected to some meridian in the body that's connected to an emotional thing. Absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. energy work, it's very oh, similar, yeah. right? There's always oh, yeah. a connection in the in this, you know, kind of web of, of feelings, emotions, pain, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I, I'm very interested in pain because I've dealt with neck pain and hip pain for the last four years and you know and i'm always trying to 
get to the core. What is this core issue? Yes, there, there's probably a stability thing. Yes, there's probably an age factor of like use, probably misusing it for years and years or whatever. But there's also the element of where is because and I'm saying this because I went to a doctor. Uh, he's a chiropractor, but he does a lot of muscle testing and energy work and frequency stuff. And he was muscle testing me. And it's funny that you brought this up today because he tested that my hip has so much to do with my brain wasn't turned on in a certain area. It was mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, uh, it was it was a like I was foggy when I would look up, I would get dizzy and all that stuff. And he cleared that up through different kind of frequencies and did some laser stuff. I mean, it was it was very it was very interesting. But I do believe there's a connection with the brain. It's the mainframe, right? It's the mainframe. Yeah. So well, I think I think what's cool about it is that if you if it if, if indeed this is true and accurate and I choose to believe it is if if this is true and your body is sig sending signals to let's say it's my right knee or my left knee and all of a sudden I'm like oh my knee's hurting then it gives it gives me an opportunity to address the vulnerable part of my body that's step one then as we do more work on ourselves step two is to say kind of what you just said well what's the core of that. So right. now that I'm now I'm working on my knee or my right. shoulder, my hip, whatever, from where from what is the stem from? Like where what have I not dealt with? Right. What, what right. triggers do I have that's exacerbating this vulnerable spot all the time? Right. I think I think it's pretty right. I think it's fascinating how our bodies will speak to us, how our bodies will communicate with us in ways that we've right. got to have. That body ain't saying crap. 61 baby 61 just got out of the gym everything's all right oh everything's my god right. <laughs> this is you know, yeah. so i think i mean i think it's fascinating how our bodies have this ability to say hello knock 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 yes and you know uh, so many of us so many of us go our entire lives without ever hearing the knock with ignoring it and saying oh it's because i'm older uh, it's because I worked all day on the roof. Uh, it's because, you know, I, I you, hell yeah, I just drove four hours. I'm tired. Instead of using it as an opportunity to dig in and understand. Well, and, and the truth is, yes, your body will have more aches and pains as you get older, but that's the use of your body over years. But it's not an invitation to say, ah, oh, well, I'm getting older. Let's not move. It's actually just the opposite. Yeah. It's move, move, move. And yes. it doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, take up Olympic, you know, lifting. But you but move it. Less movement is worse for you. The oh, more yeah. you move, the better. I mean, there are really discovered it. Dr. Bruce Johnson, who is the uh our lead uh scientist at the at the stratosphere, you know, Bobby's company, um, says that. The, the fountain of youth is exercise. It really yeah. is. The fountain of youth is exercise, is movement. And, and, and we want to believe because we're told by society that these things, you know, we're going yeah. to disintegrate. We are yeah. going to, you know, it's not about saying I'm not aging. I, I don't care about the aging. Yes. I care about the function of my aging and the quality 
of my yeah. agent. Yeah. Right? And I, you know, there's a gal that I um, follow on Instagram and I'm, I used to follow her more frequently um, and I'm friendly with her. She posted something about a week ago that really didn't sit right with me. And I thought, this is irresponsible of you. She said on there, um, you know, I come from a long line of family that lived a long time and nobody ever exercised. They didn't worry about their weight. They ate what they wanted. They lived with abandonment. They loved each other. Family was first. They worked. They enjoyed life. They all lived to be in their 90s. So I'm telling you right now, you don't need to exercise. You don't need to worry about what you're eating. You don't need to put pressure on yourself for what you're putting in your body. And she just keeps rolling through this whole message. And I sat there with my mouth wide open, just thinking, what are you doing? Because she's an influencer and she people listen to this gal. And, when people, and I know her and people want to hear there. Yes, they, they do want to hear it. That. I mean, she's just handing them candy. Uh, uh, she, she's the lady man, handing uh, out Skittles at Halloween. And so a mutual friend of ours and I were on the phone and I said, hey, did you see her post? And she said, no, I didn't see it. And I said, listen, like I, I'm feeling funky about the whole thing because I think this is so wildly irresponsible because she has such a huge yeah. following. She had three people on her post and it was, you know, her mom or dad and her sister, I wouldn't care. But because she has such a huge following and such a, an influence on people, I've been, I've been tempering, you know, I don't want to yeah. be a Karen. I don't want to be a Karen. I'm not going to call her and say, Hey, you know, you, you really shouldn't. I, I don't, because in yeah. my opinion, if someone's going to be that brazen with that type of commentary or that type of position, I don't know what I could say to them. Um, you know, and she does, she doesn't need my opinion. She still has a massive following. She might see me, you might see her talking about me on the next post. You don't need friends that are Karens that call you up, but I just think, wow, what a, what an amazing missed opportunity. And I think more than anything, if you want the truth, she was giving herself permission. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, for you, for her to do her next thing for her to have a drizzled chocolate croissant going, you know what, <laughs> I don't know, but I think we've got so much fascinating information in front of us why would you take that path and and also yes she could have those genetics but also the generations that lived before her lived in a different time yeah it wasn't as compromised the air wasn't as that's a great point the water was not you know full of preservatives in the food were different i mean it just wasn't the same yeah being poisoned 90% of the time and don't even realize it. So that, that it, it just, it just doesn't make sense. That logic can't work for where we are in time. No, you know what I, that, what you just said is such an incredible point. I'm going to remember that because I hear people all the time say, how did our grandparents do this? How did my, my granddad smoke cigars and drank a shot of whiskey before he went to bed? He probably also had food in his backyard that he was digging up and eating the potatoes and yams himself and, you know, have his own chickens and their eggs, whatever. And also, it's like when Bobby talks about fighters from, you know, uh, Joe Lewis and 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 Billy Kahn back in the day would have like a hundred fights in a year, you know, many, yeah. many fights. Yeah. Fighters today have three. Two to three. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so, and their testosterone levels are different. Even guys that are, you know, highly trained, whatever, and, and maybe their ability to be strong and do these different things is better now, but their, their, their longevity is not, they're You're not, right. they're not able to stay in the ring. 
as long because it's just a different, we live in a different world. And, yeah. and not to mention the EMFs that you're, you know, we're on computers, we're this, we're, yeah. li- we're going in electric cars, we're living, you know, we're working on, on batteries. Ah, oh, it's great to not be, you know, using gas, but what's the battery doing to you? You know, know. like there's so many things that are different. You talked about those earthing shoes the other day. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to talk Billy, my husband, into us getting a Fred Flintstone car and just like getting those good shoes on and pushing ourselves around town. You know what? Uh, uh, Speaking of those shoes, so earthing, earthing my friend uh, Clint over and, and, and also Olivia Smith, who works with the earthing anyway, earthing.com, they have created a shoe. It's not out. I don't think it's launched yet, but they have created a tennis shoe. Um, and, and the reason why I'm bringing it up to you, Melissa, is because the people that they gave it to, to try to like give testimonials were hairdressers. And I, make bet, a, I believe it. They're on their feet all day because they're on their feet all day. And they oh, have, man, I would have. She sent me a couple of the testimonials and it was unbelievable. I believe because, it. You know, all day long, you're not grounded, but you're on your feet. You're on a hard surface, probably something that's not grounded. You're in rubber soled shoes. Right. So the whole point of these shoes is. Now, uh, uh, you know, that you are grounded. And the reason why you get grounded is feet always sweat. So the sweat from the feet activates and is a conductor to the surface, the, the, the sole of the shoe or the in, 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 what do you call it? Insole of the insert. shoe. Insert. Yeah. The insert will it, it actually is, a, is conductive to the, there's a little bit of metal through mesh in that and it conducts. I thought, wow, that is so great. That he's coming up with some really extraordinary it's super cool. And I'm I'm excited because I wanna I won't get in on it. I well, wanna, I wanna get my not, husband those shoes. Diet. Oh yeah. Billy no, stands I, on his legs 12, 13 I hour days. Billy immediately when he was he was talking about the shoes and you know who, so who smart. he had wearing them. And I was just it, it it's super exciting. It is. It's, it's super weird. smart, but well, I'm gonna have to get some for both of us so that yeah. when we have our Yabba Dabba Doo car. We're not using electric electricity or diesel. Yeah. We're just like going around town, like an, <laughs> a mo- an, an, a prehistoric rickshaw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or those bite those yeah those yeah. those boats those paddle thing yeah those paddle yeah, boats. Paddle boat. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I can just see you. I'll be lazy and Billy and I'll be going in a circle. It'll be fine. One's <laughs> <laughs> doing it, so you're going around the circle. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Well. I, I have to tell everyone that we have a really great guest. Uh, his name is Ian Hill. Uh, and he, uh, okay, so I got to tell you to kind of put some context to the story. I met Ian in Las Vegas. Bobby and I were there for Super Bowl, Radio Row, whatever. I really didn't do much. It was really more for Bobby to introduce the Stratosphere ATC, which is Altitude Training Chamber that he has created and engineered, which pressurizes you at different altitudes. Anyway, he was talking to different athletes and radio shows, sports radio shows about this. And we met this guy, Ian Hill. And Ian has created a network or really a platform, I guess he's created a channel. Uh, a platform. Uh, and he, and it, 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 it's extraordinary. It's for men of 
any age really but it's directed towards men who have suicide ideation or you know there are suicides in his family they're thinking about it whatever it is the depression the pressure the the tremendous you know weight that men have taken on and you know most his statistic what's his statistic that that it's like you know men are Forty percent, and and yeah. but men are the doing between men and women. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and, but it was heartbreaking talking to him. I just immediately said, I, I think I text you immediately. I said we've got to have him on the show because he really is so eloquent, and he's really helping a a very strong piece of the population that needs to be addressed because they're underserved. You know, I think we think our men are fine. Oh, they're men. They're fine. You know, they're going to get through it. But, you know, be a middle to be a middle aged or older man coming to it, you know, in this time of when we're talking about technology and how different the world is to kind of not meet those those social social media needs, you know, whatever it is. So He he wants to destigmatize mental health in the middle aged man, which is an an incredible feat, and and also he's doing an incredible job. He has an, this amazing channel. What's it called? NGBN TV. Yeah, good for him. And uh, literally, he was telling me that he was feeling kind of, or yeah, I think he was telling the both of us that he was feeling kind of depressed. Um, uh, after Vegas, because he was tired and he was on a flight and he was in the last seat in the, <laughs> in the plane. I know the feeling. And, um, you know, he's kind of, and he reached out to his entire platform. He has 300,000 subscribers. Yeah. He got so many messages back of, you know, encouragement. And that's what he did it for. And so, you know, I just feel like it's that kind of voice that is just so important that, to, and, and to be okay with not being okay and be a man and be okay with not yeah. being okay. That's huge. So you're going to really love this next guest. His name is Ian Hill, and we really look forward to talking to him. And I think you're really going to love it. So don't go anywhere. We're going to jump right into the conversation after a second. So hang in there. Come back. Here we are. Let me just say something. I mean, I was so affected by you know watching my husband talk to you and and then i was able to like have a moment with you uh myself and and you really just to have this this impact and being so specific with men middle-aged men who are succumbing to suicide and and making that a choice i just appreciate that you're you know, you're focused on one thing and to bring attention to that. I, I appreciate that because I think, you know, there are so many issues out there, but to focus on it in the in the way that you are is very pow- powerful and palpable because so many, you know, so many children of fathers have taken their life, you know, I've I, and I've done a lot of speaking around the country and and it happens more often than you'd really like to even right. accept. It's 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 horrifying you know yeah, and and that yeah, is the largest group that is taking their life um and and it and it's just not okay <laughs> and i'm glad that you're addressing it in the way that you are you know i think so thank you. by taking a really narrow and focused laser-like focus we have a significantly 
greater likelihood of making an impact. And I think in today's day and age, whether it's Netflix or any other content, micro niche is the flavor of the day. And so whether yep. that's a geographic area, whether that's a subject matter, or whether that's a narrow demographic like this. And unfortunately, they also happen to be the same people that are succumbing to suicide significantly more than anybody else. Absolutely. The pressures, the pressures of being, you know, being in the world today, whether you're male or female or you know, young or old, but the pressures of that demographic especially are tremendously high in a world that's so full of technology. And I'm sure that you see with with a middle-aged group, there's there's this also, I have to understand now this new technology of younger people that I'm not a part of. And, you know, I think that the world is such a, it's it's like a pressure cooker. If you don't, if you don't, know any different and you don't know where to go so i mean i think that having an understanding that we're all kind of in this same pressure cooker and that you you have to find your own your own voice and and your and 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 whether that's coming to grips with the fact that you're not doing okay and it's okay to not be okay right and that's hard and and i think that's probably especially hard for men am i am i correct yeah, I think that there's a number of things in play, right? So imagine being uh, established in your ways and then you wake up one day and the world around you fundamentally changes, right? Yeah. Prior to the pandemic, yeah. we were already in unprecedented change. And then the world said, you know, hold my beer. Let me show you what I can really do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's rapid fundamental change, unprecedented times and yeah. you're stuck in your ways and you wake up at the age of 50, 52, 48, 61, and you say, first of all, is this it? Like, really? This is, I just busted yeah. my app all my life for this. And then secondly, and I think this is nuanced, the things that used to make me successful in this incredibly changed dynamic aren't working anymore. You know, they say that the the skills, abilities, and competencies that won the battles behind me may not win the battles before me. And then you add on top of that, you're a little overweight. You add on top of that, your marriage is a little yep. bumpy. And you add on top of that, yes. you have to hold your breath to tie your shoes. And your testosterone drops through the floor. And all of a sudden, wow. all of the mechanisms that you thought you could draw upon are gone. And even the key elements that made you a man aren't there. And yeah. tragically, women, all studies show in their middle age, think about it more. Men do it more. So it's not to say that these thoughts aren't going through the minds of both genders. It's just to say that men are impulsive and may, men tragically make a decision that they can't come back from. Yeah. Well, myself personally, right. at the age of at the age of fifty, I had a successful company in Canada, a successful company in the United States, had a charity all around the world, making a significant difference. Hell, Kraft, Kraft Foods was my partner, right? Kraft Foods is a family a partner with our own family charity. And I walked downstairs on my fiftieth birthday and told my family I was going to kill myself. Who can explain unresolved trauma? Who can explain? Yeah that there was nobody I felt like I could talk to. I thought everyone would run. 
yeah. when I was, mm. if I was vulnerable or if I was transparent, I can actually remember ladies. I was so depressed that I would just, I would tell everybody I was working and then I would just drive to a park and sit there. And I would tell myself oh. that tomorrow, mm. tomorrow I'll make the epic comeback. Tomorrow I'll get going again. Tomorrow I'll find my mojo just tomorrow. And then one day and then another day and then another day and another day. And then you, you literally spend your time trying to figure out a way to leave the planet without affecting the people around you. Wow. And because our society is unwilling to allow a man, especially a middle-aged man, because the response to a middle-aged man is, Hey, come on, man, get your shit together. Right. Right. Get your crap together. What is wrong with you? What's your problem? Yeah. And so there was nobody I could talk to. There was nobody I could wow. leak to. And I was isolated and alone. And I thought every day about taking my own life. When I came out of that darkness, I started to do everything I could to learn. It took my family. It took my businesses. It took my reputation, took my charity, took everything. And so I was determined to kick the crap out of depression. And so I went and learned everything I could. I'm not a very educated man, but you know, there's a lot that you can learn from the University of Google, right? The University of Google's got yeah. a lot of stuff there. <laughs> so you go to the University of Google and you find the experts and you call them on the phone and say, this is my story. I want to do something about this. Teach me everything you know. And we wow. learned everything we could. And so we, that's why we launched this television network for men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Because when I woke up every morning, There was nowhere for me to go where I was understood, where I was celebrated, where I was appreciated. I'd open up my search engine. I'd listen to a podcast. I'd turn on the news. And every message was, I should leave the planet. There was no hope for improvement. And so we just determined that we would create a media organization that would understand men, celebrate them, inspire them, educate them, and and of course, entertain them and then partner with local organizations that we could take this trusting relationship we had built with the men and then pass them off to trusted partners to get them the real support and help that they need. And, and that's NGBM TV. That's amazing. I'm so impressed. And thank you for sharing your story, which I was crying here in my car. Um, <laughs> it's, it's powerful. What you have done is 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 admirable and and amazing because that's not easy it's not easy to come out of the dark night of the soul i i know that for a fact um but when you do and you make a decision like you did to understand and go deep and like dig in and really try to get to the bottom of it that that takes that takes an effort that is it's 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 just admirable i i i commend you for that i think I'm, i think Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead, please. I was just going to say that if the three of us were in Vegas and we were walking by a pool and we were going to get a Mai Tai and we looked over and there was somebody (laughs) drowning in the pool, we wouldn't just keep walking. Right. We would throw a chair. We would go and run and get a, you know, one of those rings and we throw it out there. We dive in. We would do something. Well, we know for a fact, as we speak in this half hour, 74 dudes are going to try to kill themselves in the United States. And so at some point, there has to be a level of outrage. At some point, there has to be a, an urgency and intensity to the matter that says, wow, 
like my my dude is drowning. I gotta right. jump in the pool. So I think it's less about, you know, good job, Ian, and more about just enough. And someone has to be ignorant enough. And I mean I choose that word very specifically, ignorant enough to not know what can't be done. Let's right. launch a television network, right? Like, okay, here we go. We're going to launch a television network. Like, I have no idea what that's going to take, but let's go. And and then all of a sudden, I think both having listened to your outstanding shows now, I think you'll both appreciate what I'm about to say. And then you step out in a noble cause and then the universe meets you. And yep. all of a sudden people come to you and people come to you and people come to you and doors open for you and doors open for you. And all of a sudden you're saving men's lives. Yes. And so I guess yeah. all your viewers and all your listeners, I would say this, whatever that thing is that makes you cry, step, walk, move yeah. towards making it better. And whether that's your little corner of the world or the yeah. whole big bad world, it doesn't really matter, but, yeah. but move towards it. And I promise you, the universe will meet you. The universe will help you and yeah. assist you in getting it done. You know, you so, know what I, I, oh, go, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry, what I was going to say, is, I'll, I'll speak very quickly. One thing I was going to say, we, no. it's really important. Our, our viewership, our, our audience is 54% women, 46% men. So we have a very healthy percentage of not only men that you'll reach in, but women who feel helpless also. How do I encroach this, this really sensitive, hairy subject without emasculating or, or suggesting something? Maybe I'm, how do I handle this? And so a lot of people, they just paralyze because they're not really sure. But what I was going to say also earlier, it's, it's so important, this, this the segment of men that you've approached for all the reasons you shared in the beginning of, our, of the show. But I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening. This is the, the meat of the sandwich because we've got our young 20, 30 year old men who I have a 22 year old son in college and I hear both my son and his buddies talk about, oh my gosh, we're gonna be graduating. And are we gonna be able to hit the markers that society says we have to hit? And oh my gosh, and oh, and they're starting to feel it. It's starting to grind on them. And then I've got my father-in-law and, and my father to a degree, but my father-in-law who's in his late eighties, who's feeling like, did I do enough? I'm at the end. And one of the questions when we take him to, and he doesn't have to be at the end, but when he, we take him to the doctor for his checkups and a question they'll often ask is, do you suffer from depression? Are you feeling sad? And I was shocked the first time I took him a year ago to the doctor and I'm asking him the questions, John, how do you, how do you want me to answer this? And he said, yes. I said, yes, you're depressed. And he said, yes. And I, it, it stopped me in my tracks because I would have never guessed. I didn't pick up on any clues. I had no idea because he's, he's, you know, he's in his late eighties and he's stoic and he's going to shoulder the burden of what you've been describing in that a lot of our fathers, brothers, sisters, uncle, not sisters, but brothers, uncles, dads do. They shoulder this thinking, I can't let people know. So if you're reaching them at this critical apex where that if they continue to move forward, they're going to be in their eighties and, and older thinking, I'm not happy instead of walking into their golden years with joy. And then you've also got this important group you've hit so that the younger gen gentlemen can look to them and say, so this is what they're doing to walk out of it. It's so incredibly important. It really is. 
Well, our middle-aged men and women are the bedrock of our society. Yes. They're the 25-year employee. They're yeah. the mid-level manager. They're the lady or the gentleman that's running the local chamber of commerce or has run for the school board or is running the little league. So our middle-aged sector, I, I hate to frame it this way, but I don't know any other way to frame it, to some degree is under attack, is caught in a crunch. Um, they are yes. struggling to make it financially. They're, they're looking at their retirement that's been obliterated perhaps, or their business really struggled or their job really struggled in during the years of the pandemic. And now as we emerge in an unprecedented time, they're thinking, how much longer do I have to work? Like, do I have to work for another 20 years? Right. Um, and so yeah. I do think that there's unique pressures today. And then you add this man or woman, they were married for 18, 19 years. All of a sudden they get divorced. And now I'm the last time I dated was 2004. Right. And now I'm jumping into this <laughs> craziness. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, all of those things yeah. combine. And, and I look around and say, can I compete today as a man or a woman? Yeah. Can I find my significant other to journey with me in the last third yeah. of my life? So I think all of these pressures go unspoken because the assumption yes. is if you're in your middle ages, why don't you have your act together? Exactly. Yep. And, and that 100 percent. And also, we, yeah, we also think that we come to the age of 60 or something and we're close to retirement. You know, I mean, we should be. Our parents were or, you know, our grandparents were. But here's what you bring up is very interesting to me because I think there is a conversation to be had and maybe it's too long a conversation. But how we view men today is very challenging. How we are coming at. You know, I think of my grandfather, Ernest Hemingway, and, and the, the idea that Ernest Hemingway is, is, is attacked right now because he was machismo. And I'm like, wait, he lived in the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. That was his era. The, 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 that was his time. He's not living today where, you know, there's all these different things and you've got to be very careful and you've got to be woke and you got to say the right thing and all of that. Men today, it's very challenging, not to mention you brought up testosterone levels. Well, that's challenged because there's so much plastic in the air. We open containers. You know, there's this bad estrogen that men are consuming that are dropping their testosterone levels even more. So men are struggling physically to yes. stay men. And you brought that up at the beginning. And I just think that 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 we need to be we need to allow men to be men but we also got to help them to be healthier physically so they can they can be men it doesn't mean you're macho and you treat women poorly or you you know or uh, there's no, it's not about abuse it's just about like let's embrace men again you know right. men men as men and that I, has I, nothing to do with anybody else but you know what i'm saying yeah i think you're absolutely right think about the needle that we're asking a 50, 60-year-old man to thread. Can't be too masculine, but you have to be yeah. just masculine enough. You have to <laughs> right. walk this fine line. And that's what I was alluding to earlier when I say, yeah. these men are well-established in their ways. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but the difference, at no. least in my experience and in my study, 
women continue to evolve and grow. And oftentimes that's why there's divorce, right? The woman continues to grow and the guy's like, what are you doing changing? Like, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. supposed to stay like you were, right? And so the man doesn't continue to grow. The man reads two books. The man has one friend. The man doesn't watch self-development podcasts, but the <laughs> woman grows and the kids leave. And the woman looks at the man and says, hey, I'd like to try some new things. Hey, I'd like to step outside of the kind of structure we had and go and explore. And the man says, hell no, this is not what I signed up for. So, so what we find then is, so if that's true, the man doesn't grow, then all of a sudden society changes around him fundamentally. He has no idea what it means to be a man anymore. Can I say, right. wow, you look wonderful today without getting in trouble? I Can know. I open a door? I Can I open a door without it being implied? Like, you know, the little things that we used to find to be chivalrous yeah. can now be taken as offensive. Now, so, yes. So the middle-aged man all of a sudden is trapped. Now, let's be honest. Um, we can help that man. And the first thing that I say to the middle-aged man is this strength today isn't internalizing and pushing everything down strength today is taking your crap throwing it up on a table very publicly and honestly and saying you know what these seven things i got under control these three things i got no clue how to do who can help me that that vulnerability yeah. and that transparency so one of the messages that we're trying to evangelize is transparency meaning i'm going to be open vulnerability, I'm going to be open and not be tied to the result of my openness, right? Because mm -hmm. those are two different things. When right. I'm both transparent and vulnerable, society steps towards me. When I first, when I first um, emerged from my little journey in the darkness, <clears throat> I was sure that nobody would accept me. And I worked with a guy named Dr. Connor Hogan. He's from Ireland. And he committed to working with me, ladies, every day. He worked from with, with me for 220 days in a row. Christmas, oh, New wow. Year's, 220 days wow. in a row through the wonders of neuroplasticity, rewiring my brain that had been affected tragically through childhood abuse, of being sexually abused by both men and women, by just real trauma, which unfortunately is not exclusive to me. Unfortunately, many of our middle-aged uh, folks have been affected. But we knew that we could rewire my brain. And one of the things that we really worked hard at was this concept that I had value. And one of the ways that I would have value was by being honest with myself and everybody around me. So I determined to be wow. transparent and I determined to be vulnerable. So I stood in front of a bunch of people one day and I told them the truth. I have a mental illness. I struggle every day with a mental illness and that I have depression. And unless I manage it through nutrition and sleep and mindfulness and meditation, and we all have our own faith, my faith, that when I manage it, kind of like a bad knee, I do good. But when I don't manage yeah. it, I have challenges. And then I apologize to everyone because I had driven my life into a ditch. And some of the people in the audience have been affected by that. Somebody in the back of the room stood up and yelled, we love you, <laughs> which I never anticipated, right? So if you're a dude out there right now and you think that everyone's going to run because you 
are honest about your weakness or you're honest about your inability to deal with certain issues and challenges, or you just haven't been able to figure it out, it's funny that when you stand up and you're vulnerable and transparent, transparent and vulnerable, that all of a sudden people step to you mm-hmm. and they embrace you. So beautiful. That, that is strength today. All of my male friends out there and all my lady friends, the yep. strength today that we admire, that we appreciate, that we move towards, because we all know that nobody's got their shit together. That's we right. Know that. Yeah, exactly. So that's just, that's just and, it, and it doesn't make you less masculine to have shared that. And I think that's the, the key is that, you know, it doesn't make you less of a man. It makes you more of a man. Exactly. You know? and I have or whatever. It just it makes you I more have, alive, you know? Yes, I had to learn that lesson personally. And now I, I'm very open. I'm very, I, last night I was in 25B in a last second flight from Chicago to Calgary. Late night, I'm exhausted having been at the Super Bowl, right? Like since I saw you at the Super Bowl, I've been on the road running, running, running. And I was tired and I was beaten down and I felt like evil. The scoreboard said evil 793, good 24. Like, in, does any of this really matter? Are we really making any kind of a difference? And I can just hear those demons in my voice all coming up. But when we have learned and when we're equipped and when we have tools, we know what to do with those voices and we know what to do with those challenges. So I was very open about that. And I, I wrote about it and I was very honest. It was unbelievable how many dudes reached out to me this morning and just said, you know what, that's what I feel. That's what I feel. Not You can be vulnerable and not be weak. I can admit that I had those struggles, but I can then also talk about how you navigate those struggles. Yep. So I just encourage everyone that the old dogmas are no longer hold true. Strength. That's awesome. Masculinity revolves around us being honest and open about our challenges and then aggressively seeking help to move through those challenges. That that's manhood today, in my opinion. Amazing. I agree. Amazing. I agree. Damn. And I think it's I think it's important that every generation hear this. I love what you're doing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that my 22-year-old son listens to this show in particular so that he can hear yeah. the the truth that you're dropping. It's really important. And I love that I love that you said strength has been redefined. You know, our yeah. the gin the gin cleaver mentality and the leave it to beaver thing of daddy, father knows best, and you have to everything has to be shoved down, no longer holds true today. And what a glorious thing that is that we are such a fluid society that we can redefine as our society needs. And our society needs our men to be this strength that you're describing. It's it's beautiful. But I think I yeah. think if we if we reframe it, take away judgment, and we just say, is this approach serving me well? No, stuffing it all down is no longer serving me well. This approach, being honest and open, serves me better. So if we strip away the whole stigma around it and just ask in these terms, is this approach serving me well? No, I'm miserable. Okay, let me change my approach. Yeah. Yeah. And and frankly, maybe 10 years from now, we'll have to change our approach again. But- if we just right. take away the whole good, bad, right, wrong, strong, weak, take away all those words, is yeah. this approach serving me well? No, then change. 
This is amazing. Ian, this is such good information because what you've done is you give people actionable things to do, things they can do. You know, it's simple. <laughs> you know, what you just said, is this, is this approach serving me well? No. Okay. New approach. And, 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 and from there you get to make different choices. When you start to make a new, a new approach, then a whole set of choices comes up for you. Mm -hmm. New choices, choices mm -hmm. about your health, about, you know, you even brought it up in the beginning, like how much caffeine are you drinking? How about, you know, like these things that you don't think are affecting how you're too edgy and then you drop and then, you know, too much sugar is causing this drop, you know, all of these different things. It's about being clear about the choices you're making in every, in every aspect of your life. And that's where I think that what you're doing speaks to so many people, especially the middle-aged man, but also everybody. I mean, Melissa's son and, and my daughters, you know, it's everybody is affected by this, but, but again, thank you so much for, for coming on and speaking to us. Cause this is, this is profound. And I want to talk to you again. <laughs> I, think well, I, does I too. appreciate the invitation, but more importantly, I appreciate what you're doing. I looked at probably uh, nine episodes and your oh, episodes wow. and, and your show is rich and it's vibrant, and you introduce us to people that have unique takes, tangible tools, and meaningful information, and so I'm just honored to be a part of that. Thank you. Nice thing well, to say. We're honored, too. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ian. Come back. Ian Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you from my car. <laughs> I, my name is Lisa Farrell, and my business is Lisa Listen, where I empower and inspire women to live and design their best lives now. Jesse and I also have Just Talk speaking and coaching firm where. And with Just Talk, uh, the way we like to see it at Just Talk speaking and coaching firm is we like to say it like this. When people ask us what, what we do, we don't really tell them what we do. The way we answer it, we say, listen, we appreciate that question, but let's answer this, how what we do serves others. And what we say we do is we help to free others from their concerns. We literally do that all day long from the top of the morning to the close. And we do that through life coaching, personal professional development coaching, speaking from the stage, whether it's a workshop or a keynote or training of the, those sort of nations. But literally, we get to help free people from their concerns. And we, we, we provide what we call systems, tools, and processes that help them do that. So that's really what we get to do uh, together and some overlapping. However, we did just co-write a book together, which is How You Leave Them Feeling, Your Foundation for Inspiring Love and Relationships. We have won two awards and uh, we went on a 12 city, three country book tour last year. And we continue to inspire people with this book, whether it be through book clubs or through companies that hire us to train them on the how you leave and feeling concept. And we're going to challenge Mariel and Melissa to challenge us to see what we don't know about relationships. That's what we're going to do. Okay, so I'm I think that Ian's just one of the great ones. You know, thank you. Thank you, Ian. I can't, when he said I'm not that educated, I was like, hmm. A person that speaks as well as you do is it pretty educated, if you ask me. But um he he's great. So everybody, I want you to tune into his network and especially if you need any kind of help or you know somebody that needs help, he ha he is a resource. 
um, that we really encourage you to reach out to, because that's what the Mariel Hemingway Foundation is about, is just finding these resources, finding these people that can help you with your problem. Because recovery for mental health issues is very individual, right? You know, the the one thing that I really like, I want to encourage moms of boys any age, like I was talking to Ian and mentioning my son who's in his, you know, he's 22, but 12 year old boys, 10 year, eight year old boys, all the way. It's important to have a resource. And it's, I would encourage um, parents of boys to really look into what's happening on their channel and, and to find out what's being said. And then also yeah. at the, the other end of that, that bookend, the, you know, people who have elderly parents and you're worried about your dad or your father-in-law or an, a brother or somebody suffering who's outside of that 40, 50 and 60 range. So it's the bookend of the gender who are who potentially will be suffering or mildly suffering now or whatever, whatever this, the rank is. That's not the importance of it. The but importance also is their that generation they probably don't even want to talk about it. Sorry, Demon. Yeah. No, it's exactly right. Well, you know, and I, and I talked to my father-in-law and told him that I'd spoken about him on the with Ian and he said, that's me. He said, I have feelings like that. And I thought, wow, you know what? And I applauded him. Good for you for being able to say it. And I said, because your generation doesn't talk about that. I even asked my dad about it. And he said, oh yeah, the pressure's great. And you're just not, he goes, a real man doesn't talk about it. That's what we were always told. So, and my dad and my father-in-law, well, my father-in-law's 88. My dad is one year shy of 90, thank you. And so we, you know, and then I spoke to my son about it and he said, oh yeah, the pressure's great. And so I, Ian's, what he's doing is, bigger than I know he knows but you know coming as as a mom and then as a daughter watching this take place it's it's really big and so I think anybody and everybody will benefit from what Ian's doing 100 percent. so yeah tune tune into his channel and yeah thank you Ian Hill that was great and thank you thank you Melissa my wonderful co-host Melissa Yamaguchi and I'm here I'm Marielle Hemingway we're so glad that you have joined us thank you to our uh, executive producer Slater Smith and uh you know join us every week all the time because come on back come on back